when looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, gnarly! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening, friends! Are you annoyingly even keel? E-methamine could be right for you. I have a disease, alright? I need help! E-methamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Oh, yeah. Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my god! Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. This medicine is made for extreme cases of being even keel or having extreme depression. Oh, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increase in amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. This is Jay Payton and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. need one more base runner to have a chance second and third two out that's down the right field line and big trouble into the corner it's gone three run home run Jay Payton and it's a six to five Yankee lead a five run ninth inning to make it a one-run game, and it's two out, nobody on, with Abbott coming up. And now the tying run is indeed in the batter's box. 
Jay Payton the other way. A three-run home run. And how big does that off the end of the bat, broken bat hit by Tino Martinez in the bottom of the eighth inning look right now. At the time, seemingly insignificant. But one swing of the bat makes it very, very important. All right, folks, on the phone right now, as promised, we are all our social media outlets and everything else, and we do have to say thank you to Jay Harlan once again for this one. The man on the phone right now, let's see, go over uh, 1,200 games, 1,100 hits, yada, 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 go for a Seinfeld reference there. Probably one of his biggest hits was with hitting a home run in the playoffs against some guy named Mariano Rivera. I don't know what he did. First unanimous uh, Hall of Famer, who knows. Mr. Jay Pate. Jay, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Hey, no, I appreciate your time. Uh, first and foremost, though, because I just recently heard this and doing a little homework, that you are actually a hitting instructor now. What can you tell me about that? Well, I started uh, after I got done playing when I retired. I actually did some uh, college. I did three years of college baseball broadcasting. I did a year with uh, ESPN. They wanted somebody that played in the ACC conference to do all the uh, ACC games. So I did that for a year. But then I was uh, I have a son, and I was still missing a lot of his stuff. So I only did that for a year, and then I did two years. I did. Um, I was living in Edmond, Oklahoma, so I did all of uh, OU's home games for two years with Fox Sports. And then uh, I was still missing a lot of my son's stuff, so I went ahead and gave that up, and I I had uh, bought five acres and ended up building some indoor batting cages and uh, a little baseball field and started coaching his travel team and uh, and doing some lessons. But uh, since then, I've been down in Dallas, Texas for the last two years now and put him on a different travel team. Haven't been doing a ton of lessons here and there. I get a parent from his team or something to ask me to work with their kid, but once my son gets a little bit older, he's a, he'll be a sophomore next year. Once he gets a little bit older, I'll probably get back into the uh, coaching and maybe even back into the broadcasting. I, I enjoyed that. So uh, just trying to stay busy now with all the craziness going on in the world, as you well know. Yeah, well, speaking of which, uh, how are you handling everything that's been going on? I know you just mentioned you're in the Dallas area, but uh, I know numbers in Texas have been crazy as far as the virus and stuff. How are you and your family holding up? We're doing well. My son's, uh, he's, his travel team's been playing baseball, so we've had tournaments like the last four weekends. But, uh, my mom and dad, I actually got lucky and got them. They were in San Diego, but I got them moved out here in January. They just wanted to be around me and my son. And, uh, right before everything got real crazy. And my, my mom, she's a, she's a high risk person with autoimmune disease. So she's probably left the house about four or five times just for doctor's appointments and stuff in the last probably four or five months, so they've been on lockdown. So me and my son have basically been pretty careful. My my, my mom probably, she basically, I, I go up to the house and help them do some shopping and stuff, but with my son playing ball and being around his teammates and stuff, she's a little more a little more cautious with him. But fortunately, we've all stayed stayed very healthy, and just, all you can do is do, you know, you don't you can't totally quarantine yourself, but you try not to do any more than you have to, and that's basically what we're doing. So, you know, folks, if we can be real for a minute here uh, with real life, you know, there's plenty of folks like uh, Jay just mentioned who family members are high risk and all that fun stuff. So please, you know, if you're going to go out, 
be smart, wear a mask, all the, you know, what's being recommended by the professional. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, obviously, you mentioned doing BOU games and stuff like that. And I saw you were teammates with both Jason Veritek and Nomar Garcia Parra in college uh, and got to yep. play in the College World Series. You know, yep. for someone yeah, who's been fortunate enough to – what's that? Nope, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say or ask, for someone who's been fortunate enough to uh, play in both the College World Series and the actual World Series, is it – comparable when you're talking the championship level of whatever level you're at per se um it's it's very comparable i i do have the pleasure of being a two-time world series loser sadly <laughs> lost the college and the, and the mlb one but i, I think at the time it's it, there at the time you would say they're comparable because when you're in college and that's all you know and then you go play in that college world series and you're you're on that big stage it's like the biggest thing that's it's ever happened to you, but then when you get to go to the next level and play in the Major League World Series, for me, I can look back and reflect and say the College World Series was huge and a big deal, but the, it gets dwarfed by a Major League World Series. And in our case, it got dwarfed even more so because it was a Mets-Yankees World Series that just kind of got highlighted on the map. And because it was us against the Yankees, I think it made it that much bigger. You know, you go to the stadium and every – celebrity, superstar, entertainer, actor, actress, they're, you know, that's who pretty much filled up the front seats at the, at the games. It was, it was pretty crazy. So I would say that probably trumped the College World Series just as much because of who we were playing. Totally understandable. And like I uh, mentioned in the intro there, you were one of two players to be able to hit Mariano Rivera in a playoff uh, setting in terms of uh, home runs, you know, would you say that's probably the highlight of your career, to be able to say you did that? Oh, without a doubt. And, it, it, you know, to, to be doing, to do that in the World Series, I think uh, it's funny, Sandy Alomar, I know, is the uh, the other guy that took him deep in, a, in an ALCS, I believe. And I, Sandy actually lives down here in Dallas. I ran into him at a Tom Thumb grocery store, so small world. But, yeah, for me, definitely, I mean, that's, that's the highlight. I mean, it was the World Series. I got to hit a home run off of a guy that, Many might consider to be one of the probably top five or ten pitchers all time in Major League Baseball. So, you know, that that was without a doubt the highlight of my career. And it's, it's, it's the one thing that I'm remembered for every time that comes up. And I always have about four or five friends call and say, "Was that was that you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that that was me. That was my 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 big my big shiny moment, so to speak." And Sadly, we lost folks, the game. <laughs> yeah, but not many folks can say they have that highlight let alone to be able to play in the major leagues. But I've been talking to a lot of athletes lately and find this interesting, Jay. You had a couple of years of throughout both minor league and major leagues during your career, injuries. You had a couple of Tommy Johns. You had a torn hamstring and stuff like that. What is it like for an athlete that goes through that kind of thing as far as a mental health uh, standpoint, because it can, you know, you're compete for your job always. Yeah, for me, it was um, the, the the biggest part was the uh, the stuff that I went through when I was in the minor leagues. After my first full season, I was on the fast track to get to the big leagues. I started my first full season. I started in Double A and and went to Triple A at the All Star break, and 
you know, that's when my pain started in my elbow. I didn't, I, I had a really good numbers in double A, got to triple A and struggled a little bit and had my first Tommy John in the off season. And, you know, it, it, I think with me being a position player and they hadn't done a ton of Tommy John's on position players, it was, I think it, it kind of got to the point where I got rushed back maybe a little bit too quick and my arm never really fully healed correctly. I played the whole season just in pain and then the next spring training, it blew out again, and I missed the whole uh, 97 season because I had to have a second Tommy John. And from a mental standpoint, that second one when it blew out, that was tough for me because I was really, like I said, I was on the fast track. I was right there to, to breaking into the big leagues, and all of a sudden my career got put on pause or hold for, you know, the better part of the next three years where I was either not playing or I was playing in pain. And so mentally for me, it was, you know, lucky I've got a great support system with my family, my mom, my dad, my brother, and, you know, some friends and family back home and just the encouragement and support. And I'm, I'm, I'm just that kind of guy that, I, I, you know, everybody has a different mentality. But for me, you know, and until that somebody tells me I need to go home and stop playing, I was just going to keep working my butt off. And, you know, that, that that's my mental makeup. And I think dealing with all of that, once I got to the big leagues, I think I – after my first full season, I tore my hamstring off the bone. And But after dealing with the Tommy John surgeries, the hamstring issue to me was just like, hey, I'll get back from this. That's nothing compared to what I had already dealt with. And I just think even in the grand scheme of life, even with this COVID and the racial tensions and everything that's going on, I've dealt with so much adversity personally trying to get to where my profession wanted to take me that these things that we're going through now, this, you know, I take them with a grain of salt and, just, you know, live my life and do the best that I can. I, I think going through all that made me a lot more mentally tough, The fact, especially the fact that I went through it and was still able to muster out a 10-year career in the big leagues. Now, had I went through that and never got to the big leagues, it's hard to tell what kind of mental impact it would have had on me, but the fact that I fought through it, was able to have a decent 10-year career, I think just made me that much stronger and tougher mentally for anything and everything else that could ever be thrown at me. And obviously you've seen some craziness, uh, like you said, both professional and all, but you played around the time of 9-11 with the Mets and everything else like that, and you've seen some stuff just in life in general. Uh, and you mentioned about COVID again and the racial tensions and everything else that's going on currently in our environment here in America. What kind of lessons are you taking with everything going on to teach your son there? Um, we just have talks, and I'm I'm the most non-judgmental person, and I'm trying to get him to understand that as well. That we all come from different walks of life. People have rough childhoods. People grow up in different situations. Some people grow up that are very privileged and very entitled. We come from all walks of life, but at the end of the day, I just try to tell him: you either have good people or bad people. It don't matter what they look like, where they came from. My thing is just to tell him, treat people kind of the way they treat you. And I said, even those people that treat you bad, you can still be nice and be good to them, and maybe that will have an effect on them. Maybe they're evil or they're bad because of things that have happened to them in their lives, and maybe if somebody treats them good, maybe they'll have a positive effect on them and maybe make them see things in a different light that not everybody is bad or everybody's evil or everybody's out to get you or has an ulterior motive, which is, you know, the kind of the thing with a lot of people now, there's always an ulterior motive. But just trying to get him just to see things and take them with a grain of salt and just be good. I mean, it's it's really not that hard to be good. But sadly, right now, there's just a lot of not good going on in the world. Yeah, unfortunately, it's a shame that 
we got to have some of these conversations with our kids, but especially more so certain cultures compared to others. But if folks want to, on a further note, and see baseball and all, which is coming back, and they're in summer camp again, yeah, make sure you yep. check it out positively. But uh, I was going to ask before I let you go, Jay, is if people want to track you down uh, social media-wise, are you a social media guy? I have a uh, Twitter account and an Instagram. I really don't use it a lot, and my, my Facebook's kind of sparse. It's basically just some friends and family from back home. But I do have a Twitter handle. I think it's PayJ44. If somebody ever wanted to reach out to me, they could reach out to me on Twitter with, at PayJ44. And I check it enough that if somebody sent me something on there, I could definitely get back to them with a, a response, got a question about anything, whatever it is. I can I always get back to people. Well, that's great. Jay Payton, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you. The Wiz Kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it. And Yogi read the comics all the while. Rock and roll was being born. Marijuana we would scorn. So down on the corner, the national pastime went on trial. We're talking baseball. Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball. Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts there's bound to be injuries. <laughs> now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope wanna jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting Now That's What I Call Depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars, Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend while Sincere Black 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. <laughs> Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, 
Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. Hi, I'm Bill Ripken, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. 